Welcome to the chat on News Talk 94.1. I'm your host, Kelly Swallows, and today we're with one of the nonprofit organizations that is doing phenomenal work around the Upper Cumberland. Today we have with us the executive director of the Upper Cumberland Child Advocacy Center, Miss Tracy Plant. Welcome to our show. Thank you, Kelly, for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. It's great to have you, and I'm Really anxious for the community to know about what the CAC is, what your acronym is. What is the CAC? How long have you been around? Mm -hmm. Just give us all the goods. Okay. So the Child Advocacy Center, um, known as the CAC, we throw that together because sometimes those words, we I trip over them when I say them. And I say them like 10 to 15 times a day, but it's a mouthful. So the CAC is an agency here in Cookville. We're housed here, but we serve all of the counties in the 13th Judicial District. So that's seven counties here. In that's the Upper a lot. Cumberland. It is. Yeah, we have, um, there are several CACs across the state, and we have one of the largest jurisdictional districts to serve. So we, we do uh, interface with lots of lots of parents, kids, and families. So we opened in 2004, and the Child Advocacy Center serves the seven counties um, that I mentioned from the jurisdictional district. And what we do is we work with other local partners to provide a safe and caring place for children to come and share their stories and talk about things that may or may not have happened to them. And these things center around um, severe abuse. So we work with the Department of Children's Services, local law enforcement, the district attorney, the juvenile court system, mental health providers and forensic medical providers to provide a one-stop shop where children and families can come and get the services that they need. That's a lot of partners that you work with. That is a lot. It is. And that's kind of the beauty of what we do that makes us so unique and different. It's called a multidisciplinary team. And a lot of different professions have that approach where different people have different responsibilities, but they come together to work on a specific issue. And that's what we do. So all the different partners that we work with, have very um, specific designated roles within any investigation into child abuse. And so what we do is we kind of have two functions I've found is the easiest way to explain it. We have um, actual things that we do in our building that contribute to this teamwork. And then we also have an administrative role where we kind of are the the hub of the wheel, keeping everybody straight and helping bring all the teams together and work the administrative organizational aspect of it. But actually in our building, we perform several key functions that are a part of this investigative team. We offer a forensic interview. We do forensic medicals. We have therapy and we offer family advocacy. And those things surround the family. I'm just, if you can think of it like a big hug Mm -hmm. when they come in from different aspects of what they might need as they journey through a child's initial disclosure of abuse all the way to um, a prosecution and having to testify in court. So it's a full series of wraparound services for that child and family. Wow. And so I'm again talking with Tracy Plant. She's the executive director of the Upper Cumberland Child Advocacy Center. And you obviously deal with children. What is the age range of children and families that you serve? Um, obviously, all genders. Nobody is uh, free from abuse. Anybody sure. can. That can happen to anybody. Uh, what are the age ranges? Sure. So we serve birth to 18. Um, different services would be applicable for different children. So the forensic interview process, which is the bulk of what we do as far as the age range that we capture there in the building, you obviously would have to have a child that was developmentally able to engage and and participate in that process. So that usually starts around age four or five. Mm-hmm. And um, that that interview is highly, highly specific. It is a trained person who has um, gone above and beyond their normal 
degree from college to learn a model of talking to children that is non-leading, that is uh, welcoming and warm. And it's really a model to search for understanding what the child has to say without um, in any way influencing like a legal proceeding that may follow because all the cases that come to the CAC potentially are most of them felony type offenses. Mm -hmm. So this interviewer is one of our critical pieces of making sure that we are gathering information in a legally defensible manner. In the right way. So Mm -hmm. if it does go to court, which unfortunately rarely do a lot of these go to court, Mm -hmm. but if it does, um, that child's account is, is able to be permitted in court. Sure. Right. And so the, the bulk of the bulk age of children that we see is probably, I would say four to about 15 but we will serve anyone from birth to 18 if they may need different services other than a forensic interview. Sometimes the children that are not able to participate in the interview process because they're too young can absolutely still participate in a forensic medical exam. And I know you talk about severe abuse. So this isn't mm-hmm. just um, someone that you might see have a bruise or two on them. This is uh, potentially life-threatening severe abuse. There's drugs. There's uh, sexual abuse is what you see most, correct? Mm-hmm. It is. And as far as with that, um, you know, how what is the healing part process with that? I mean, talk about the statistics of child sexual abuse by itself. The statistics are astounding. They are. Um, if you If you have women... And men in your life that you care about that are in your family and friends, the the likelihood that you are interfacing on a daily basis with survivors of childhood sexual abuse specifically is very high. Um, you depending on who which website you go to look at, you're going to get different types of statistics comes back. But in our area, typically what you've seen, right? What have you seen. So we receive about eight hundred to a thousand referrals a year. Wow. To our agency. And that's Putnam County and everyone else around us. Putnam County and those surrounding six. But just on a national level, um, one in four girls has had some type of sexual assault before they're 18 and one in five boys. So we know this is um, it's an epidemic. It's a public health. epidemic, And it's not going away, unfortunately. No, I think we've gotten. Thankfully, a society, we're doing better with education. So I believe that's definitely helped in offering places and pathways for children to talk but um truly it it is it is not changing it is not going away and it is definitely a problem that affects everyone like you said from all walks of life all different situations all genders all families Mm -hmm. it doesn't um keep itself to one socioeconomic status i mean it really does impact the whole community and the child advocacy center uh, that model is somewhat new um i want to say is. it was started in the 80s is that when it was started yes we're really lucky to be in tennessee because we're back door to the state that kind of had the brainchild and that was alabama Great. so there was a governor in alabama who had a case that they went really south and afterwards they did kind of like a study and said hey what happened here and they realized that By the time the child had gone through the process, they had talked to eight to 10 different people to tell their story. And in that process, there was a lot of breakdown, not good communication. And they're like, there's got to be a better way. And there is a better way. And it took off in the 1980s. And now there are in every state in the United States, there are child advocacy centers and some states and forgive me, some other countries have this model as well. So now it's well recognized, um, empirical based researched model that we use. And so it's. It works. It works. It It does. And we're so lucky to have it here in the Upper Cumberland. Again, I'm your host, Kelly Swallows, here with the chat with Tracy Plant, the executive director of the Upper Cumberland Child Advocacy Center. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the chat on News Talk 94.1. I'm your host, Kelly Swallows, and I'm welcoming Tracy Plant, the executive director of the Upper Cumberland Child Advocacy Center, otherwise known as the CAC. Um, Been around since 2004. I'm so grateful that this organization exists because, unfortunately, severe child abuse um, is not going away. If anything, in 2020, 2021, it's still very prevalent, even though might not be getting reported as much, but I'm excited to hear what Tracy has to say about, again, how they function here, who they serve, and also what we can do to help them. Thank you, Kelly, for that um, second introduction. And we've all been in a real strange time with yes. COVID. It's been very different for all of us. And um, if you've read much national news or followed, you've heard people talk about the concern around child abuse and the decline in reporting with uh, people being more work from home and children being out of school. And that was something that we saw here as well. I think the Department of Children's Services statistic was about a 25 percent drop um, during the height of when we were um, quarantined. And that doesn't mean the abuse is stopping. Correct. It's just not being reported as much. Right. We, we're so thankful for our teachers in our community. They're, they're with our kids every day. So they are a vital role. They play a very vital role in making sure kids are safe. So uh, that's back up now. I think the, the rates now are back back to normal. So, but, but I appreciate you bringing that up because it was an issue for certainly during the mm-hmm. pandemic. I think it would be important just to kind of highlight maybe one of the, the better things about the Child FC Center and the positives about being there. It can be so difficult to talk about sex abuse and to, to live in that world day to day. But there's a lot of hope there, too. Mm-hmm. And so I would want to share that with your audience. Um, we know statistics show evidence bears out that children who receive services and support for what they're going through in a close time duration to when their trauma happened, there's a way and a path for them to heal and do better to have a better trajectory. going Absolutely. Forward. Not just better as children in that moment, but better as adults. Um, the research I could talk about it for hours, the research around the pathways for for people that are victims of especially childhood sexual abuse has some of the highest numbers of drug addiction, homelessness, um, you know, under under reaching your potential in education, job performance and decades into someone's life. So mm-hmm. and even being sexually abused again or being right. a sexual abuser. I mean, there's so many ties that don't seem to make sense. But if they don't get that proper care, mm-hmm. um, proper therapy, which I know you really want to talk about. Yeah, And that's just what I wanted to share. There, There is so much hope um, at the center. We have a wonderful therapist. She works with children. She does a specific type of therapy. It's trauma focused cognitive behavioral therapy. And it is um, it's the therapy of choice choice gold standard for working with trauma in children. And so just having the opportunity to impact a child at that point in their life is has an exponential return. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't charge families for any of the services there at the Child Advocacy Center. That is great. Mm -hmm. And so that that's a big part of um, when we fundraise. A lot of times that's what I I enjoy putting out there because for $35 an hour, you you know, you can give an hour of therapy to a child. And that's one of the most powerful. forward thinking, powerful gifts that you can give. And Absolutely. each child that might go through this. And I know you have a lot of children that come through there. You said 800 to 1000 each year just here at the Avacy Center here in Cookville. Um, but also they not they're not going to need just one therapy session. Right. Um, it's going yeah. to be multiple. It will. And that and, is. And I would just to say, do. too, the 800 to 1,000 are the number of cases that come in. We may or may not see all mm-hmm. those children. So like last year, we saw about 400 children and their families in person in our center. But the services are still provided to those others as well through different ways. But physically walking through our door around 400 uh, children a year and and very much to what you said about therapy 
uh, it's not going to be a one session deal. No, it won't. Um, so uh, it, it's an expensive part of our program, but it's integral. And so we're going to we work really hard to fundraise for that. We we're blessed in that as an agency, we do receive some grant funding. Um, about 75 percent of our budget is covered through grants from the federal government through the Victims of Crime Act and also the Department of Children's Services. But that leaves a pretty significant gap that we have to fundraise for every year. And I always like to point that out because um, if you're not in this field, you may not realize. I know I would have not realized before I worked here. I would have assumed that anyone I was working for was probably a state or government mm-hmm. employee. So, you know, you kind of. And when we when we ask for funds, we want people to feel good about what they're giving and know where it's going and mm-hmm. feel confident that their money you know, is being spent wisely. And yes. we're being and towards prudent. the right cause. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Again, we're talking with Tracy Plant, the executive director of the Upper Cumberland Child Advocacy Center. We're talking about their role in this society. And I want to know, how does a referral into the Child Advocacy Center to get a forensic interview, to get a forensic medical exam, to get a av- family advocate, to get the therapy, how does they get referred to you all of our referrals come from two of our partners that are on that multidisciplinary team that i spoke about um, law enforcement can refer someone to us and the department of children's services refers okay. to us so we're not a family couldn't walk in off the street and just call. or make a phone call and come in yeah now we're gonna listen to anyone who reaches out to us and try to point them in the right direction but an absolute referral to come in and have an interview there's a very specific process that has to follow that follows the tennessee code annotated in the law because as i mentioned earlier any allegation of child abuse normally you're talking about a, something with a possible felony offense attached to it. So there's a really specific to take thing right that we follow. Thing. Absolutely. Yeah. The right path. Mm-hmm. And so you say you serve, you know, a lot of families. You aren't just serving that child. Um, that family might need help. Um, that's why you have a family advocate there. And what does the family advocate at the CAC do? They do so much. If, if you can just take a, a minute and pause and think about what it might be like for you if you're at work and you get a call from the school counselor and your eight or nine year old has disclosed that, her father, your husband, or her brother, your son, or an uncle, your brother. <laughs> you know, they've they've disclosed something, probably the most horrific thing that as a parent you can think about, right? Uh, being touched or being harmed or violated in some mm-hmm. way sexually. And so you can imagine your whole world turns upside down. That doesn't make sense. It's hard to believe. You're kind of frenetic and, you know, just in a state of crisis. So, And there may be other siblings involved, yes. so keeping them safe as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be an that. example of kind of what's walking through our door as far as the individuals and the support that they need. So the family advocate plays a really crucial role of they're kind of like a uh, just a gatherer of information. They listen, they support, and they gather information about what's going on in the situation and then they help fill in those gaps not everyone has gaps that they need but some people might need assistance with housing sometimes people need food sometimes people need um, other resources with the therapy or they just need someone to to listen Mm -hmm. really there's an investigation going on Mm -hmm. maybe some items have been confiscated from the home so they need something to replace them whether it be a bed or clothing Mm -hmm. um, those type of things and mainly just you guys are like wrapping your arms around them and just loving on them and making them feel safe i know there are things sometimes you just don't even think about in a situation like that and last year one of those would have been exactly what you mentioned we were able to replace a mattress for a teenager because the police had um taken a dna sample and they have to take the whole unit and so your family wasn't in a uh, on the floor yeah the family wasn't in a position to buy a mattress and we're like well we can do that mm-hmm. so um every you know, that's a creature counts. comfort for mm-hmm. that child after they've disclosed this type of thing to go home and imagine their bed's not even there mm-hmm. so um you know 
when we're able to step in and do things like that, I mean, those are the days where you're like, okay, today we've done something really good today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, again, we're talking with Tracy Plant, the executive director for the Upper Cumberland Child Advocacy Center. We will be right back. Welcome back to the chat on News Talk 94.1. I'm your host, Kelly Swallows. We're talking with Tracy Plant, the executive director for the Upper Cumberland Child Advocacy Center, talking about how they serve the 13th Judicial District, which is about seven counties. Mm -hmm. And that's a big area to serve. They're based here in Cookville, um, but their outreach is huge. Dealing with child sexual and severe abuse, um, physical abuse. What is April? April's coming up. What is that to you? April is National Child Abuse Awareness Month. So um, not just for us at the CAC, but other also other agencies in the community. Um, you'll probably be hearing things about some events that may go on. And we have our big event in April. So April's a, April means a busy month to me. Yes. Well, tell us about it. So April, uh, National Child Abuse Awareness Month. And I think you told me April 8th. Is that correct? Yes. April 8th is our annual luncheon. And um, we are going to try something a little bit different this year. Um, we're not going to let COVID get us down. We're just going to. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be sure that we follow all the safety protocols that we can and have two different times during the day for people to draw drop in and be a part of what we're doing there. Um, the details are to come, mm-hmm. but uh, if you follow our Facebook page, we'll have all the information about our event there and mm-hmm. how to you know, jump in and be involved. But so usually you do a lunch and that's usually uh, like 12 to one. So that'll serve kind of whatever crowd that has, has come to in the, the place in the past for our fundraising. Um, but what else? There's also going to be, I think, an evening special. So 7 to 8 p.m., I think, is what you said. Yeah, and um, we, we want to capture people that may not be able to step out over their lunch hour or even people who may want to grab someone else and bring them. Yes. Um, so just trying to be available and flexible with our times that we hold the event to capture as much of an audience as we can. That's Mm -hmm. great. And uh, let me tell everybody, our listeners, the website, ucchildadvocacycenter.com. And we also have a Facebook page, so make sure you check that out. Um, There's a very safe donating portal that you guys have on your website and a QR code so if you're quick. And it's very safe to donate there, right? It is safe to donate there. It is so simple. And if you're so inclined, you can set up on a monthly amount and that's really wonderful for us. It helps us kind of have a good idea with our budgeting and everything matters. We have a few people who do like $10 a month and it's just a gift to us. I get an email every time mm-hmm. someone donates and it's just like a little bright into yes. the day. Every dollar counts. It absolutely does. Because mm-hmm. like I mentioned in the earlier segment, uh, $35 is, you know, that may be a meal out for us, but it's an hour of life giving therapy to a child as well. So mm-hmm. just trying to um, keep that, keep it easy and simple so people can donate from their phone. Mm-hmm things like that so it's you just scan the code on our facebook page that is great Mm -hmm. tracy plant child advocacy center here in cookville Uh, let's talk about your ability to reach all sorts of kids recently you've told me that i think in the fall of this year there was an initiative that came out in the schools that there is a representative there to help get more people towards the cac kind of like a referral system well there was a change in legislation during the end of 2019 and i think um Everybody kind of got derailed a little bit by COVID, but we've been really lucky to start digging into that and seeing how we can interface. And for example, in Overton County, we were able to hold a teacher in service before the beginning of the year. What the legislation did was identify an individual in each school system that was a child abuse reporting coordinator. So what we're going to do as a center and have started that process is reaching out and getting to know those people so that we can be a resource to them. Uh, We already do go in and provide 
basic body safety education to some of the schools in the area. But we really see this as an opportunity to make those connections and hopefully build really strong pathways for the teachers and for the children around education and getting into all the school systems. Because they see the kids each and every day, do. five days a week. And is it also is it all elementary and middle schools is, and, and little high school? As every well, right? every school, every public school system in the state of Tennessee has to follow the, the new law about um, identifying that person. And Tennessee has always been a mandated reporter state. And so I'd like to share just yes, a second what, is a what that means. Reporter. Absolutely. So in Tennessee, every citizen is a mandated reporter. Me, you, e- everyone. It John doesn't matter Street. if you have a license, if you're a doctor, if you're a medical professional, if you're um, whoever you are, if you're an adult, you're in a mandated reporter. And what that means is if you have reason to suspect that harm is coming to a child and Kelly, it doesn't have to be. I know it because I witnessed it. I know it because it's fact. It's just a reasonable suspicion. Mm -hmm. You are mandated by state law to report that to the hotline. Now, you can report anonymously anonymously, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, if if you want to, or you can give your contact information. So that's completely up to the reporter. And um, there's a 1-800 number you can call, and there's also an online portal that you can make a referral with. So this is if you are a mandated reporter, which is Every Everybody. one of my listeners, mm-hmm. if you're 18 and older, I think that qualifies you sure. as an adult. Yes. You are a mandated report. If something doesn't look right, doesn't feel right, if something in your gut is telling you that that child um, from birth to 18 is at all a victim of abuse, potentially, um, the number to call is 877 237 0004 and there's also an online portal or you can go to the UC Child Advocacy Center.com and all of the resources are there. Yes, we have several different resources there for just kind of all the spectrum of what we're dealing with here. If the signs of abuse, um, what to do if you suspect abuse, ways to talk to your children about uh, body safety mm-hmm. and ways to provide education in your community. We also partner with the National Darkness to Light organization. So we have two individuals in our center that are trained to present that program to churches, to YMCAs, to youth groups, so, to different agencies wow. for prevention. So we mm-hmm. can reach out to you as a community if you are in one of those groups and you want someone from the Child Advocacy Center to come and, and share those body yes, safety things. That absolutely. would be mm-hmm. very key. Um, and I know events aren't really happening, but I know I'm excited that you had just said on April 8th, um, in honor of National Child Abuse Awareness Month, that you are going to hold a function at the River Community Church. Um, it'll be a lunch function and it'll also have an evening dessert snack type function so you can try to hit everybody who can come. So yes. there's really no no excuse to there not, you go. not support your cause. Um, again, we st- we have about a minute left. So, Tracy, is there anything else about the Upper Cumberland Child Advocacy Center that we would need to learn? I think the main thing I would say is if you if this touches your heart and you're inclined, you could view anything that you did or gave or shared time or resources with us as an investment in your community's future. Um, not just a specific child that you might be helping, but also, you know, extrapolating out what this investment into the community will do and what it will mean. And it's a goal for, um, you know, it's a beautiful vision to think of a world without child abuse. That's probably not ever going to happen. It's not realistic. Correct. Mm -hmm. But what we can do is respond in the best way possible. And when I talk to the staff and, and we think about the center and what we want to be for children, we always talk about how there's so much we cannot control but we can control how children feel when they're in the center as far as are we a warm and welcoming place? Are we listening? Are we supporting families? It's a it's a gift to be opened into a child's life in that specific moment 
I saw that you have a brand new logo that you're going to unveil at the luncheon, and I'm really excited to see that. Um, it's the tagline really got me. It's safety, healing, justice. Yes, and that is simple. And and so amazing what you guys do. I want to thank you and your staff for each and everything you do thank every you. day for the, this 13th, 13th Judicial District, the Upper Cumberland Child Advocacy Center. Thank you, Tracy Plant. Thank you so much to have you. Uh, we are just delighted and keep up the great work. Thank you for having us today. We appreciate the opportunity to share.